our podcast. Uh, my name is John. I'm a transfer student and a junior here at FIU. This is my first year. I am also a international relations um, major. Hi, I'm Lyndon. I'm a computer science major, and this is my first class in FIU. So uh, today, first, what we're going to be talking about on our podcast is kind of our, our chapter one reading of Puzzles of Our Arts. And, you know, one of the questions that we had was, uh, what was, what was some predictions that you have of the chapter? You know, basically just by looking at the pieces and titles and captions, things like that. So, so what were your first impressions? I thought it was about something about Pablo Picasso, just judging by the picture I mean, of the of the cover, but uh, it was something completely different. <laughs> right. So mine, what what I kind of thought about it was that it was it was going to be about unusual pieces of art and kind of explain why they're considered art and uh, things you know sort of along those lines. Um, so another another thing that we had was to kind of highlight or jot down or whatever uh, any questions that we had on unfamiliar words or phrases. So did you see anything that you weren't familiar with? Yeah, I so saw super fallacy, uh, the the balassi, and crucible and materialists. Those are key words I just... Uh, Kind of flew over yeah. my head. Didn't know what they were about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So a couple that I had were paradigmatic, partner. Uh, I think it's juta position. I, I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Uh, a lot of French words, you know. <laughs> so. Uh, all right. So next we had uh, we had to come up with a couple of questions for our you know, our fellow podcasters, and so. What was what was the first question that you uh, My first question was, "Do you think a piece of driftwood could be art?" Okay, that's uh, that that's a tough one. That is a tough one. I I personally, you know, I believe that you know beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and I believe if you get an emotional you know uh, connection to that piece of driftwood, and you know, it's, I. I I think anybody, anything can be art, you know, if a person feels some type of way. So, uh, what do you, what do you think about the piece of driftwood? Uh, I don't think, I mean, you got, you got to put like some effort into making art. You, you know, passion. Sure. You can't just okay. find garbage on the ground and then say this is art. That's right. this. Yeah. I don't know. It's just no, no effort. Gotcha. Into it. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So my first question was that, you know, what. You know, art is so broad and all that. So, how do we determine the value of? It? You know, what what makes the difference between a hundred dollar piece and a hundred k piece? Like, is it you know the artist? Is it the content? What is what you know what's made and everything like that? So, what do you think? I think it's the the materials you use. Like, you could use like diamonds and gold and stuff in your art piece. That could up the price. Also, the uh, the renown and. The, of the person who made the art, like the person would be very famous. That could also up the price. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. No, I I totally agree. I think that those are both two big factors. I also think that it's also, you know, what somebody's willing to pay. You know, so like somebody might feel strongly towards a piece of art, so they'll be willing to pay a lot more than somebody else. So I think it really just you know 
goes into what somebody's willing to pay for, you know, what it means to them and all that. Um, okay. All right, so moving on, what, what, was your, uh, what was your next question that you had? My next question was, what group do you fall beneath? Idealists or materialists? Mm, okay. I think I'm definitely more idealist. Uh, what about you? feel like I'm a materialist because you know right. I believe in what I see if it doesn't if I can't see it it doesn't exist right unless right. there's okay. proof of it <laughs> physical yeah I'm a physical yeah. guy gotcha gotcha okay um <clears throat> my second question was do you think there's ever a right or wrong way to perceive art like if you know if an artist has you know intention for art to come off a certain way and you don't view it that same way do you think that's a wrong way to view it uh no i think it's all in perspective it's okay. he could be a he could be a person who's not really going on his way to look at art and sure. you know see nothing into it or sure. you could be a person who's like who loves art and you you're always looking into it and you, you just you know you understand it i guess it's just sure. understanding what you see yeah i guess right yeah. no i i totally agree and I think that if you're creating art with the intention of having one, you know, strict way of viewing it, then you're creating it all wrong because people are going to see what they want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So what was your third and final question that you had that you can uh, Do you have to be a human to make art? Oh, okay. That's, that's tough because I, you know, I, I believe that nature can be art and things like that, but I do think it has to be a cute, uh, like a conscious human person to make the art. I don't think they have to be trying to make the art for it to be art, but I do think it has to be a conscious human person. Well, what, what do you think? I mean, like, like I went back before in my previous answer about you have to be, mm-hmm. you can't just be like garbage. Right, but right. you can't you can't really see the perspective of an animal. Maybe they are putting effort into it, but to you, you can't really right. <laughs> you can't really understand it because you're not in their footstep. I, I, I guess you, an art an animal can be an artist. It's not knowing what the value of what they're doing is. It's like one man's trash is another man's treasure. Right. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Exactly. All right. So my last question that I have is: Do our past play a role in how we perceive art. Uh, yeah, I believe that your past does like hold like your like it gives you a perspective of what you see and think is art. Uh, yeah, you can see an art that looks like your your girlfriend that you broke up with and you really hate it. <laughs> or you know you could see or you could see a piece of art that reminds you of like the best times of your life, way right. way back. Okay. Yeah. No. Totally agree, and I think and just to add on to that, I think that some art can bring up nostalgia for people. So, like things that they saw when they were kids, or remind me of, remind them of a you know childhood, whatever that you know will cause them to perceive art differently. But I okay, so going down to the bottom. Uh, if you had to summarize, you know, what we read and everything with one sentence, what would, what would that sentence be? I'll say, if it summarized the whole article, I guess it's about what is art. That's basically okay. what it's about. It gives you more definition, like, 
how 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 to look at it in different viewpoints and gotcha. to answering the question. Okay. Yeah, so uh, mine is I put a, a piece of a piece doesn't have to have a clear meaning or be understood to be art. That there's beauty in that. Um, so yeah. All right. And then uh, now moving on, we're going to talk a little bit about um, our case study that we have. Um, our case study is it's about Tom Stoppard's play Travis Davis. Um, I'm just going to read a little bit about what a case study is, and then uh, we can talk about it after that. Okay, so um, in Tom Stoppard's play, Travis Thies, Tristan Zara, sorry if I mispronounced that, uh, the well-known data poet creates poetry by cutting up Shakespeare's sonnets, dropping in the individual words in a hat, and then selecting and arranging the words drawn from the hat at random. In one scene, Zara begins with the 18th sonnet. And it says, shall I compare thee to, to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. Rough winds do shake the darling buds of May. And summer's least half, all too short a date. Sometimes too hot the eye of heaven shines, and often is his gold complexion dimmed. And every fair from fair sometimes declines by chance of nature's changing course and trends. By the eternal summer shall not fade, nor lose possession of that fair thou oust. Nor shall death rag thou wanderest in his shade, when in eternal lines to time thou grossed. So long as men can breathe, our eyes can see, so long, so long lives this, and this lives life to thee. Okay, so that was that was the original, and then we have what Zara came up with is shake thou thy gold's but the untrimmed but short fair shade shines. <laughs> See this lively hot possession grossed so long by nature's courses. So long heaven and declines. Summer changing, more temperate complexion. Okay, so that's that's kind of what he came up with, and apparently he just pulled these out of a hat and then put them together. Sounds beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so the case study goes on to say that uh, my seven-year-old daughter recently imitated uh, Stoppard's Zara, also by randomly selecting cut of words from the 18th sonnet, and her, and this is how her work began as the box. So her work is. Death complexion sees decline summers. This is a rough change high course. Course the more sometime not hot lives long fade dimmed. Often eternal gross may nor date wondrous lines this temperate lease when eyes to that his can't bring to. This. And then so basically with the, like do you think that is poetry? Me? Do you think these works are poetry? I mean, yeah. I'm not, like, too knowledgeable of poetry, but it did sound like, you know, 
Like you could put you could put this into a textbook and really convince someone it is. I feel I feel I feel, you know, I feel there's no not a lot of rhyming in it, but it doesn't mean it's not poetry. <laughs> no, exactly. exactly. It's more spiritual. No, right. Right. What's um, it I I do think like I, I think it is considered poetry. I, I think that it's a little, like, there's not a lot of structure to Zara's and then the person's daughter. Like, there's, it's kind of all over the place, but you're going to get that when you're just pulling things out of the hat or whatever. Um, yeah, but I do, I do think that there's, uh, I do think that it's poetry. I think that there is a way to view it as poetry. I think it's hard to view it as poetry, but, like, I, I do think that it's, it, it is probably considered poetry. Yeah. Uh, okay. The out of the out of the hat method that he does, it kind of, it kind of really makes it a lot less, I would say, coherent than yes. the what he's what he's referencing from. It's hard to read. It's hard to read because a couple of the lines don't really like match. Like, yeah. Yeah, they don't really go together. Yeah, but I guess that's that's his method. Right. Everyone has their ways. Exactly. Exactly. So, do you think that? Zara's creation, or Zara, however you say, uh, is as Stoppard portrays it. Um, of course not. I mean, it can't. It can't be. It, it, things are taken out of context because they're out of the hat. So uh-huh. it's just it, it's taking pieces of it to make something completely new. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I like, 100% agree. Hundred percent. I I I think that it gives a totally different view to it and a totally different vibe to it, and I, they're just totally different in my eyes. So, uh, do you think either work is original? All of them are original. Okay. Because just because you're taking pieces of someone's art, I mean, if you if you're just straight up like copying it word for word, that, I mean right. that's definitely not your stuff. But if you are, you know, taking ideas, like we're, all these, all artists is like based, like based on like previous ideas and exactly. and being inspired by others. If you don't have no inspiration, then you can't really make something. There's no right. motivation. Okay. Yeah. No. I. Uh, I definitely think they're original. I definitely think that you know, credit should be given to the originals. You know. Like that, it was kind of inspired by it and stuff like that. I definitely think credit should be given when it's due, but I 100% agree with you, and I think that they are very original. Um, they're they're very different and very original. And I actually, I really like the 13 year old daughter. Um, yeah, hers I, the most. <laughs> I, I I really did like her version the most. It's short and so, sweet. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, that's. That's that's. Uh, do you have anything else you wanted to say about mm-hmm. any of the stuff we talked about today? No, it seems like we okay. did our thing. Covered everything. Well, thank you, thank you for uh, tuning into our podcast. Uh, we are Group Four, and uh, yeah, have a have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye. <laughs>